We're going to do a little different take on the podcast this episode, trying to make sure that we get everybody the information that I, I want to get out there. I want to make sure that I'm getting good quality podcast content into your ears and hopefully bringing people back. I want to thank everybody for listening, for sharing, for getting the True Manhood podcast out to as many listeners as possible. Hey everybody, this is Dave Denuzzo and you are listening to the True Manhood Podcast, real talk about authentic masculinity. True Manhood Podcast is a Catholic podcast brought to you by True Manhood Men's Ministry, where we work to fight the evils of pornography and the culture's ideas about manliness while teaching virtue, striving to emulate Jesus. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. We are internally within True Manhood working on a number of things, really excited about things that are going to be coming, really hoping that I follow through on the plan. That's a lot of times very, very difficult with managing work and managing family life and managing True Manhood, which is just part time, uh, managing the speaking requests that come in, which have uh, been picking up and saying yes to some things and saying no to some things. So my hope is with this podcast to be getting out great content and things that are beneficial to you and changing up the, the process, uh, the format, the, the way I go about recording the podcast, because I think I want to keep stuff interesting and keep you know the content really applicable. That was the whole purpose of starting the podcast, and hopefully you will find that this stuff is applicable. I wanted to start out by just talking a little bit about life and... I don't know, just trying to get a grasp on on what's going on in our lives. I think depending on where your children are, if you're a father, and depending on where your maybe your trajectory is and where you're heading in your life, hopefully some of this stuff will be relatable. Uh, we're in the part of our lives where we don't have children in diapers. We don't have children that are waking up throughout the night, so we sleep. You know, we have kids that are pretty self-sufficient when it comes to handling their own uh, hygiene, they're handling their homework, handling you know their chores around the house, doing their part to be in the family. We're not, however, at the stage where the kids are totally independent and on their own. So we're in that middle ground. And my children's ages, we're getting ready to have a, a round of birthdays here coming up in the next few months. And so Will will be 11, 10, almost 8, and then 6. Our kids... It's an amazing time for us. You know, it's the kids are really coming into their own. They are showing who they are with their personalities. They're they're really they're really invested in in finding out who they are. Our kids are killing it at school, which is which is really cool. As a dad, it makes me very very proud seeing that the things that my wife and I are trying to do are actually happening. Uh, we have kids with good grades. We have kids that are getting good test scores. I think that for us, this spring has been crazy busy and that's at my doing. And I'm actually really trying to take a step back and look at what we're doing. And so that's that's the point of the content here is, what's your family geared towards? What's, what's the motivation for the family? Is the motivation for the family to get accolades, to be as busy as possible, to get kids involved in every sort of thing uh, and, and have every opportunity that's possibly out there? Is it maybe the other extreme? Uh, and, I, and I do think that's an extreme, and that's unfortunately what we've experienced these last couple months and why I want to talk about it. But there's the other extreme of, 
I don't have my kid out of the house at all. My kid's not involved in anything. We just hunker down at home. I'm not saying that one or the other is good, bad. I'm kind of indifferent, I think, depending on the kid, depending on the family, depending on the situations. There's a level of correctness to living this. I think if you're living order and if you're trying to live order in your family, it's going to be a lot easier to know, hey, this is the right thing for us. This is the wrong thing for us. For us, so it's been really extreme. It's been on the one end where we've been ridiculously busy. I was coaching four sports at once. I coach powerlifting at the high school, which I teach during the day, and then I was having kids after school and getting ready for competitions. I was coaching two soccer teams, a first grade, second grade team, and a third grade, fourth grade team. Both powerlifting and soccer have passed. I was coaching a softball team for my my now 10 and 9-year-old daughters, which is a tournament team and a league team. And then we'll have another summer team. I've got a son now who's in track, who is starting baseball. And then our youngest is starting t-ball. They're all in martial arts. They're all in piano lessons. They take some, you know, they, they do some after school. Like the girls are in a group called Little Flowers. Ugh. It's crazy. It's just crazy. The schedule has been nuts. It's been too much. It's been too much. And my wife and I are realizing we've experienced this, that it's just too much. The kids are not struggling in any areas. They're getting all the sleep they need. They're eating well. They're certainly getting the exercise. We are praying. We are, we are going to liturgies. The kids are doing well. I, I don't think we've gone to the extreme where it's been detrimental to them. But I think it could very easily turn into that. We've been having dinners as a family, which is very, very important to us. Uh, my wife has been very busy with her counseling practice. You can check that out at denutzocounseling.com. True manhood has been taking a lot of time. I have a million projects around the house. It's the spring, the grass, the dandelions, all the projects, the vehicles. It just mounts. It really mounts up. And so my wife and I, we're... I know this has been on my mind. We've been talking about this. Next spring for us, going into the summertime, is going to look very different. It's going to look very different because it's just too much. The point of this, maybe you can relate, maybe you can't. The point for me on this one is, what is the goal of the family? For us, the goal is get to heaven. Am I doing what's best for my children to form them well? and to gear them towards a relationship with Christ, a relationship that is lasting, that is grounded in prayer and sacrament. These are all the things that I have to ask myself. Are all these activities trying to compensate for something? I don't think they are. I think we want to give our kids good experience. I think we want to let them feel out what's important to them. I think we are trying to make a well-rounded kid and let them be involved in the things that are, that are fun to them or things that they would like to give a shot. However, it's been too much. This has been good eye-opening kind of time for us to say, hey, if this is our goal, here's what we have to do. We're going to come back and just slow things down. You know, the summertime is going to be busy just with with ball, playing, playing softball and playing baseball, a little bit of traveling that we're going to do. And that's okay. It's not going to be ridiculous. We're going to prevent that from occurring. Summertime, I think, if you if you're not careful, can be it can be really trying. You can let a lot of things go. You can get out of a routine. If you're stay at home with, with the kids during the summer and you don't have a, a plan going forward, I think you're gonna you're gonna notice very quickly 
that everybody's on top of each other or there's a lot of fighting between the siblings or the parents are just at their wits end. I think there's certainly a way to live order with that. If you have a plan, if you have a goal, figure out the best thing and don't wait all summer to to try to figure out, hey, this isn't working. Give yourself a small goal, two weeks, three weeks, maybe the first month. Really take a look at what's going on. I know for us, we are doing that. We are trying to figure out, hey, what's the summer going to look like so that we can go into it and be successful if we only have a very little time left here in the spring to get ready for summer. Thank you for joining us on the True Manhood Podcast. Please take just a few moments and share this with other men in your lives that they may grow in authentic masculinity with us. Let's shift gears now. I want to talk just a little bit about parenting at mass. It's kind of kind of fits in, but I was recently at a Sunday liturgy, and, and I have, because of uh, discerning the diaconate, most of the time I am serving as an MC on the altar, assisting the priest with the altar servers, just making sure that the Mass goes well, and really being close to the altar to discern that. I'm going to do a whole episode on discernment, especially diaconate discernment for other guys who are maybe middle-aged, or I'm, gosh, I'm not middle-aged yet, am I? Just men that are getting to that stage in, in the discernment. Yeah, so I'm sitting in Mass, and I'm in the pew, and I was a few rows behind a grandmother and a grandfather and their grandchildren. There were three young grandchildren, and, and I I know that they're grandparents. I know that this wasn't just older parents that had kids. And I think that matters because grandparents are not in the in the mode of taking care of little kids every day in and out. And so I think this one grandchild, the grandson, was really playing his grandma. Because he was playing his grandma, he was playing his grandpa. Grandpa was really uptight. He was really tense. The littlest thing that this kid did in mass, he was on him. For me, it was just one, it was very distracting. Two, the grandma was more easygoing. And so the kid was playing the grandma. He was wanting stuff. He was kind of dancing around. He was fidgeting with stuff. He had toys. He was, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a mess. I just want to make some observations about this. When we have children in mass, we want a certain behavior out of them. We want them to act a certain way, but I don't think we ever really explain it to them on their level. At least I know that this grandfather was not because he kept grabbing the kid's hands. He kept, you know, turning his head, moving him around, telling him to be quiet. Again, it was extremely distracting for me. But as I'm sitting here watching this grandfather, I'm like, There is no way this Mass is prayerful for him. This is just increasing his stress levels. This is just making him upset. And the kid has no idea what's going on. I think this kid was maybe three, maybe four, just having a grand old time in Mass. You know, he he didn't know what was going on, but he was playing with his toys and, and getting what he wanted. He was almost to the point of ignoring his grandfather, like, stop messing with me, Grandpa. This kid had no idea what the grandfather was trying to get him to do. It's not the time in mass to explain how to behave. And this is the parenting tip. The expectation of how a child acts in mass at each age-appropriate stage is to explain it to them outside of the mass. Explain it to them at home. Explain to them what's going on. So when you're at home and you're talking about the mass with your kid, you can, you know, prep them. Break it down either into the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist or break it down by opening prayer and then the readings and then the prayers and then communion and then 
the blessing. I mean, however you want to break it down, depending on how old they are, kids can understand things if you give it to them sequentially, if you give it to them in little bits. You can use keywords, you can use kind of, or, or clues, and you can make mass where they're interacting with the mass. If the only time that a kid's in mass is once a week, and all you're doing is you're on their case every other second, the kid's not gonna enjoy mass, he's not gonna understand what's going on. But if you take the time outside of mass, and there's a lot of books, there's a lot of guides, there's a lot of ways to, to help with this. If you spend the time with the kid outside of mass, it's going to make the mass experience much better than this grandfather with his grandson. It's gonna make it beneficial for you, for the kid and for those around you. So whether you're a parent or a grandparent or just somebody nannying or, you know, whatever, aunt, uncle, whatever it is, you have the child there in the mass, you got to explain stuff to them outside of it. Okay, it can't be in mass. That's not the that's not the time to instruct them. I think that that's a really difficult parenting thing. As the man of the house, okay, as the father, you have to model this for your kids. If you want your kids to pay attention, you have to pay attention. If you want your kids to be prayerful, you have to be prayerful. If you want your kids to care about mass, you have to care about mass. It's really not that hard because they learn from their father by watching their father. They learn how to act, how to be, how to live, how to think, how to speak, how to treat people by watching their dads. Guys, that's a big responsibility for us. It's a huge calling and it has to happen. We have to, we must, we must set the good example for our kids. Now, if you're not yourself well-ordered, you kind of are undisciplined, you you waver in how prayerful you are, or, you know, how much time you're spending in prayer, maybe your devotions, how you think, how you speak, all those things, you need to step your game up because your kids are watching. That's not something we get a second chance with. That should be convicting. I'm first convicted by my own words because I'm not perfect at this by any means. I do okay with it sometimes. And I really have to step my game up each and every day to get better and better and better. All right, so parenting at mass, it's hard, but work at it, do it outside of mass. It's gonna be a lot better for everybody. Next, I wanna jump into just a topic that has been coming up, it seems like a lot in my classes and in some of my talks that I've been giving, and it's the topic of the sacraments. The sacraments, they are, as we would say, an efficacious sign of God's grace that is visible in the church and has been given to us directly by Jesus. An efficacious sign means that it's effective, that it's visible, that it's beneficial to us. Okay, these efficacious signs, the seven sacraments, they're directly from Christ. They are directly in Scripture. And what they do is they give us grace. Now, you can get grace a lot of different ways. God can give you his grace, which is a free gift, and allows us to be like him, better than ourselves, helps us to live supernaturally. Okay, that's where we're called to be superheroes, to live supernaturally, above our nature, better than sin, but to live holiness. And we need the grace from God to do this. When we go to the sacraments, when we live in you know this, this, this model, this setup that Jesus gave to us, it allows us to be better than ourselves, but then continue to be better than ourselves. See, what happens is sin enters into our lives because we become prideful, we become arrogant, we become selfish, we become undisciplined, we lust, we are gluttons, we are envious, we are jealous. Sin takes a hold. Sin becomes rampant, sin becomes habit, and we become vicious people. Instead of becoming virtuous people, which is the goal, which is masculinity. So when we're doing this, we tend to fall away from Jesus. I use the example actually just today in class with uh, my freshman talking about uh, my window analogy. If you haven't heard the window analogy, it's it's 
on one of the recent episodes. I'm blanking on which one it is at the moment, but it's a good analogy. You should go back and listen to all the episodes so that you make sure you hear that. The episode previously talked about the window analogy, and basically that's that God's love is a window and his love and his light is pouring in on us. When we're prayerful and we're involved in the sacraments, we're right up next to the window. When we sin, we take a step back and we throw a mud clot up against the window. One sin doesn't block all of God's love. It's sort of blocked because of that mud splatter from that mud clot on the window. But then as we get further and further away, we remove ourselves from God's love. We remove ourselves from his grace. And then when we commit mortal sin, it's like we just turn our backs right on God in this window. The window, the love, the light constant. We are the ones who move back away from him. What the sacraments do is bring us back to him. That's why regular reception of the Eucharist, regular confession, regularly living out fidelity to your marital vows, regularly remembering your baptism, living out the love through the spirit that we receive in confirmation, and so forth. These things help us to live holy lives. If it's been a while since you've been to the sacrament of confession, get there. There's no reason to not be involved in a life of grace through confession. It's amazing to go to confession and, and receive forgiveness that way. That allows us to then receive the Eucharist in good grace. When we do this, we are really able to see new things happen in our lives. We're, we're, we stop choosing ourselves. Okay, We should be choosing God first in every case, in every instance. After God, we choose others. When you live a life of, of servitude, being a servant leader, it changes your life. It becomes habit to do good. It becomes habit to choose others and their preference and their ways and their desires and their wants. That changes us. That changes who we are. That allows us, like we were talking about, about living an ordered life and choosing what's best for the family. It helps to make it clear. It helps us when we are trying to lead the family, trying to do the right thing, be the man that we probably or hopefully are professing to be. The sacraments, they are such a gift. You know, Jesus came here with a very specific purpose. When Jesus comes with a specific purpose, you know that when he leaves, he's not simply saying, all right, good luck, figure it out. No, he left a structure, which is the church. He left a structure, which is the church because he is one with the church. The church is his spouse, his bride. He is the bridegroom. She is his wife. She is one with him. And the way we live in his life is to live out the life of the church, which is, you guessed it, the sacraments. We get the grace that we need. Because, like, see, if we try to do everything on our own, okay, that's the, that's the uh, idea that the world sells. Tells men, oh, make yourself. Be self-sufficient. Be self-made. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Maybe in your career. Um, but when you think you got it all handled, when you got it all figured out, when you think that you don't need anybody, you certainly think you don't need God. You just make yourself into a God. Takes you right back to the garden. You're no better than Adam. He watched the ancient serpent just lure his wife into sin. Is that what you're doing? Are you just standing idly by watching sin occur around you? I hope not. I want to talk a little bit about, as we end the podcast, just about being a protector in the home. Right now, in the Midwest, it's it's the spring and it is tornado season. It is thunderstorm season. We see lava going all over the place from the erupted volcano in Hawaii. We've seen wildfires. It's going to be hurricane season. All sorts of natural disasters, all sorts of things that are going on. As a protector, you need to have your house ready. You need to have not only a safe place to go, but you need to be ready to act. 
And I've been guilty of not being ready in the past, being able to not defend, not protect, not take care of my kids. And I want to encourage you that there's tons and tons of guides online. If you're in a hurricane place, what do you do? If you're in a tornado prone area, what do you do? Right. I don't know what you do with the volcano in Hawaii. I mean, that's just that's nuts. But you got to think you got to be ready for that kind of stuff, no matter what comes. Give it some time, man. Give it some time. Think about where can I put the things that I need, right? If we need some food, if we need blankets, if we need flashlights, if we need ways to have fire, you know, if you lose power, how are you going to cook? Are, you know, do you have a grill? Do you know how to start a fire? Do you have wood to start a fire? All those kinds of things. Those are things you don't want to wait till it's too late to learn those skills, too late to, to prepare. Probably want to have gasoline on hand so you can run a vehicle. You probably want things like weaponry. You want food. You want fresh water and uh, be prepared out there, guys. So this is uh, your heads up. Something's coming eventually. Something's coming. Either you're going to be without power, you're going to be perhaps without sewer, perhaps with uh, displaced to, to some extent. So don't wait until it's too late. Go ahead and get that stuff handled. All right, y'all, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Please go on to social media and share this with your friends and family. Check out the other episodes that we've done. Come back and check out the future episodes I'm looking forward to it. If I can ever be of assistance at your parish or if I can ever be assistance in a school or a conference, I would love to come and speak. Love to come and uh, invigorate the men, hopefully get them fired up, ready to go. All right, everybody, thank you for checking us out. We'll see you on the next one. True Man Up. You've been listening to a Catholic podcast by True Manhood Men's Ministry. Please share our ministry with your friends and family. Find us on social media and visit us online at truemanhood.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you on the next episode.